I'm John Dansby, and you've made the great decision to listen to the Daily Rhythms podcast on Anchor FM. Well, hey, y'all. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, before we jump into today's program, uh, we want to apologize for um, the reverb that you will hear during this interview. Um, but we hope that you do uh, gain some meat from the actual program. So, uh, again, we apologize uh, for the disruption. And now for today's program. Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Daily Rhythms podcast. I am your host, as always, uh, Vic Hunter. That has not changed. Uh, So glad that you could join us today. Uh, Well, folks, you have tuned in for a very special program. Um, Joining me by phone is my very good friend and brother in the Lord, uh, Dr. Marshall Perry. And so before we bring him on, I just want to tell you a little bit about our guest. Dr. Perry is originally from Austin, Texas, uh, but primarily grew up in Dallas. Uh, He moved back for college where he graduated from the University of Texas with a business degree in finance. He became a Christian in his early college years, and it was through the rich discipleship experience he had that God used to show him the importance and value of the local church in the lives of believers. Um, Instead of going into the marketplace, however, um, Marshall felt God calling him to pastoral ministry in order to help Christians root themselves in a local church body. He has been on staff uh, in a variety of roles at the Austin Stone uh, since 2014 and currently serves as the spiritual formation director. During Marshall's time here, uh, he also got a Master of Divinity degree in applied apologetics, as well as a doctorate in applied theology. Uh, Most importantly, Marshall is married to his wife, Jenny, and together they have one daughter named Brooklyn. Marshall, welcome to the program, buddy. Hey, Vic. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Now, I cannot confirm nor deny that last part of the bio because I have never met your wife and daughter. So, <laughs> so <that laughs> yeah, I only have your word to take for that. <laughs> yep. They are real people. Two women oh, okay. in my life who I love dearly. <laughs> well, now, you're gonna, we're going to have to rectify that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to meet your family that at some good. point. Thank you. Um, Okay, so why don't we begin uh, the program? And um, I have like a million questions for you, Marshall. And uh, I realized as I was prepping for this episode this morning, you probably ought to write some of this stuff down. So (laughs) that's good. (laughs) Um, Now, as as I mentioned to uh, our listeners previously, um, most of my episodes have a backstory. And this one is no exception. Uh, I remember it was on a Sunday night, and I was working on an episode called The Discipline of Conformity. 
um, in which we talked about uh, the importance of being shaped and formed into the image of Jesus. Um, and so as I was working on that episode, I remembered hearing you cast a vision for spiritual formation for um, our church body one Sunday evening at one of our gatherings. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, this would be a perfect follow-up to that episode. So uh, that great. episode actually aired last time. So if you want to go back and check that out, folks, you can in the archives. Um, so that's kind of the backstory. Now, uh, Marshall, why don't you give us a definition of spiritual formation, since most of our audience may not know what that means. Yeah, that's great. I think on, on the most basic level, something that all Christians could get around, regardless of denomination, et cetera, that we just see very clearly from the Bible that, that I would define spiritual formation as an individual believer being further conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Right. So Romans 8 is a great picture of that. Um, and then the Holy Spirit's job also in particular of transforming us from one degree of glory to another each day. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So yeah, very succinctly, I would say spiritual formation is a Christian's ongoing progression throughout their Christian life of looking more and more like Jesus as a whole person. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so do you think that that looks different for each person or, or is that just the, the body in general? How does that work? Um, I think it does look different for each person um, in a couple of ways, like just even flesh it out more. When I say as a whole person, think about your life as uh, there's a cognitive aspect to it. We, we are thinking beings. We have thoughts. Uh, we have a heart, not just like a physical heart, but our, our emotions, our desires, our motivations, our passions, etc. cetera. Uh, uh -huh. And then we're, we're volitional. We have a will. We have prerogative. Yes. We, we, we do things. And so, you know, at our church, we use the classic paradigm of head, heart, and hands. And so uh -huh. as a whole person, it is them with where they are based on their demographics, race, background, story, narrative, experiences, etc. Growing in your knowledge, your affections, in, in your actions and behaviors in any given situation in a way that Jesus would himself through you because of your union with Christ. Uh, so spir uh -huh. spiritual formation does not remove individual personhood. It does not mean that as I become more and more conformed into the image of Jesus as Marshall Perry, I become less of me and Vic Hunter becomes less of him. And we all become like an amorphous sameness. Um, mm. you, you, your individuality remains the same, but it is the life of Christ through me as Marshall Perry that looks more and more like Jesus throughout mm. my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what got you interested in the subject of spiritual formations? We all have different stories. I have mine because um, I'm as passionate about this as you are. Uh, but what, what got you interested in the subject? I think over, over my Christian journey, seeing how in relating to other Christians, we all have different bents, right? So I, I'm a very heady person. I love theology. Uh -huh. And I remember in the early days of following Jesus, just taking a deep dive into really, really good, robust, reformed theology. 
Uh-huh. And that, that being my whole world, initially thinking that discipleship and, and spiritual maturity was just learn more theology. Uh-huh. And I would even uh-huh. look at other Christians who maybe didn't prioritize it or care about it as much, and it would kind of confuse me. But then as you grow in just uh, self-awareness, I realized, oh, dang, I'm, I'm lacking in some areas of my faith uh-huh. that yeah. – uh, my my obedience is really delayed from what I know to be true. Uh-huh. And I remember having a big season of feeling just like the biggest hypocrite in the world. And it kind of crippling yeah. me. And I realized it's because I had uh, viewed my diet, so to speak, as a Christian only through intake of theology and not practices, rhythms, habits that would help my heart, my motivations, my desires to also grow in godliness and also my obedience, faith, repentance, actions, behaviors to do the same. So I would say a little bit of personal experience is what got me interested in it um, about being a Christian that is well-rounded in, in what I'm pursuing to, to be a faithful Christian and then also helping other Christians in our church do that as well, which is part of the reason why I'm in pastoral ministry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've heard people say, and I, I've probably said at a time or two myself, that I am a very left-brained person. So, um, and then, you, of course, you have your right-brained people. And I, I know the, the, the 20, uh, 80-20 rule, I, I know that. But um, there are folks who say, well, you know, this is just way to the right for me. I'm more of a left brain person. Like you were saying, I, I, I can get into theology, but when you start talking about, you know, being formed in the name of Jesus and deepening your affection for Jesus, that's kind of where I get lost. So what would you say to folks like me <laughs> when it comes to that? I, I would even zoom out to ask what is you know, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes. And, and, and what we were created for, right, is mm-hmm. to, to glorify God. Isaiah 43, 7, for my glory, I created you. Yeah. And so if we just start there, then let's ask the question, well, what does it mean for a person to truly glorify God mm-hmm. in any given situation? It would have to be comprehensive. That, that when I'm met in a moment and I want to really glorify God in this, that means I have to think about it rightly. I have to feel about it rightly and I have to respond to it rightly. It can't just be one without the two or vice versa. So the, the, I think the lie or the undermining of what it means to be spiritually formed into the image of Jesus would be to say, well, if I'm just a feeler, then theology is not important. Or uh, it, doesn't, uh-huh. it doesn't matter what we think. We just should do the right thing. Same thing. And in my case, yeah. well, if I just do the right thinking, but I don't feel about it, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Jesus wants uh-huh. us to glorify him as entire persons. All three aspects have to be there. So to the person that maybe doesn't feel a strong passion for theology or the word of God or, or good doctrine, one thing that I think we would all be able to get on board with is, well, let's talk about glorifying God. Uh-huh. and what it means to do that. And that requires our affections, our, our obedience, and our thinking. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think the Apostle Paul was a great example of this because he was a very theologically minded individual, and yet he did not, um, you know, he did not ignore the heart. Right. Yeah. So that that's yeah. I think that's yeah, interesting. Yes. So you, you see a really good example of Paul, and you know, as a, as a leader in the church who obviously is spiritually forming people i mean the guy literally wrote romans 8 28 through 30 um, uh-huh. acts 20 17 through 38 his last address to the ephesian elders is in my opinion that the most robust picture about how paul thought about ministry and how he spiritually formed and equipped people and you saw that his strategy kind of included three aspects of it there was um Doctrine, character, and skills. Uh-huh. Had heart hands. So for the doctrine piece, how he says, uh, I did not shrink back to you from declaring the whole counsel of God in verse 27. Uh-huh. In 19 uh-huh. and 20, he also says, how I did not shrink back from uh, testifying in the house and in the synagogue of faith and repentance in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. So he says, you need to know the gospel first, but you also need to know the whole counsel of God. Yes. Good, sound, biblical doctrine. But he doesn't uh-huh. just say, hey, here's a bunch of information. Go for it. He does a lot of character formation, too. Uh-huh. In particular, he, he models it to them. Yeah. Uh, he says, how these three years I was with you, I served the Lord in all humility. You yourselves are witnesses. Like, you saw my conduct. And character is not knowledge. You know, it is, it is a heart motivation. It is godliness, right? But then he also at the very end equips them with, here's how you as ministers of the gospel should lead once I'm gone. Uh-huh. There's going to be wolves that come to attack the sheep from outside and from amongst your own selves. So he tells them, here's what you need to do. There's an obedience piece. There's an action to it. So I just love that whole passage because you do get a really good picture of a spiritual formation strategy in Paul's ministry himself. Hmm. Um, there are people who argue that um, Genesis notwithstanding, um, the Pentateuch, uh, the five books of the, the Old Testament, first five books of the Old Testament, um, are just a bunch of laws. Um, but if you read those in context, there is deep heart behind why God gives certain commands. Yep. So you have to really do a deep dive into that and just not, you know, read a bunch of verses and say, oh, he's just concerned about laws. Right. Yeah. So uh, there's spiritual formation taking place in the desert, believe it or not. So. Um, oh, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Like, God is not just giving arbitrary laws because they sounded fun. Like everything, yeah. all those laws are revealing the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we kind of lose sight of that when we read those passages. Like, why does God really care so much that we can't eat rock badger or ostrich eggs? You know, it's not like God is yeah. like ostriches. Yeah. Uh, it's revealing God's desire for having his people live and look a certain way with Mm-hmm. purity and holiness, etc. And so when we look at commands in the New Testament today, we need to make sure that we're not making the same mistake. 
that we just, well, this is arbitrary. Well, no, it's not. It's revealing the heart of God, which is why yeah. uh, First John, uh, it's either 2.5 or 5.2, says that the commands of God are not burdensome. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Marshall, what would you say healthy spiritual formation looks like in the life of a believer? What are some components there? John 15 is probably the best example that we need to make sure that we heed uh, Jesus's whole premise about the importance of abiding in me and bearing much fruit and mm -hmm. not falling in one camp or the other. Yeah. Uh, that spiritual formation isn't just an internal, me and the vertical, my relationship with God, and me and Jesus taking long walks on the beach. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But it is always going to have a bearing fruit effect. Mm -hmm. And so I think as you look at how do I know if I'm on the right track, pay attention to all of Jesus' words of good trees bear good fruit. And mm. so are my spiritual rhythms, habits, practices actually changing me? Uh -huh. Am I different through this or am I just ingesting a lot of spiritual content and treating it as if I do Netflix or anything else? I'm yes. entertained by spiritual things, but I'm not actually transformed by them. Mm. So if spiritual mm. formation means that I'm being conformed in the image of Jesus, then my disciplines, my practices, my habits, my meditating, my prayer, my community, my relationships, all of those things should help me be conformed to the image of Jesus. Yeah. And so asking the question, am I being changed by these things? Yes. Yes. And, and you mentioned community. I mean, that's, that's extremely important. Um, I've, I've talked to guys who have, you know, struggled with certain sins um, and they're like, me and God I don't need no accountability. I don't need no community. And I want to ask them, okay, so how's that working for you? You know, I mean, yeah, it's really, right. really. Yeah, first um, on uh, 1, 6, and 7 kind of obliterates that idea when it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, uh -huh. we have fellowship with one another, which is yeah. mind-blowing. That uh -huh. it doesn't say, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God. That, that's the obvious answer, but he doesn't. Yeah. He says, no, we have fellowship with one another. One another. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so what are some, some things that can stagnate spiritual formation? Uh, isolation. Is so just getting back to that point of that first, if you try and, and grow as a Christian alone, you're, you're removing yourself from the environment and context in which it's going to take place. Uh -huh. Namely, a community of believers that you know and are known by. Yeah. It's impossible to actually grow in your relationship with God if you're not loving one another. Uh -huh. So we love uh -huh. the first part of the greatest commandment of love the Lord your God with all your heart and strength. That's why Jesus necessarily attaches. And the second is just like love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And so if I'm growing as a Christian, it means I'm growing in the love for the people that God has put in my life tangibly, uh -huh. not just a fee feeling, yeah. but actual action and attitude and behaviors towards them. So uh -huh. isolation is, is definitely a big one. Um, prayerlessness, lack of time in the word are big ones. 
so going back to John 15 about abiding in me and you'll bear much fruit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus, having your faith nurtured by the word of God and through prayer are essential. And obviously uh, har- hardening your heart in, in unrepentant uh-huh. sin. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Giving, giving God yeah. a, a, an, keeping God at an arm's length in certain areas of your life to say, you have all of me in 90% of my life, but this 10% is me. I'm isn't going to work because the Holy yeah. Spirit is saying, no, no, no. I'm trying to conform all of you into the image of uh-huh. Jesus, uh-huh. which means I need that 10 percent, too. So unrepentant. And we can't we can't pick and choose. Right. We can't pick and choose no. the areas that we're going to give to Jesus and the areas that we're not. Yeah. And like, think about the, the foundational confession of Christianity is Jesus is Lord. Uh-huh. Of what? Everything. Of all. Yeah. Which means <laughs> he has my he has my whole life. And so I yeah. can be spiritually conformed into his image if I treat him as only Lord of X percent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had an amazing experience yesterday. Um we were we were singing uh in worship the song Come Thou Fount. And you know, there's a line that everybody knows. Um prone to wander, Lord I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And you know, I I was struck by the communal aspect of that because I'm like, this is just not me having this experience of of being prone to leave God, you know, but it's the right. whole community. Yep. And that's why worship that's why worship seems, ceases to be an individual um experience. Because right. the whole this is something the whole community is struggling with, not just me. And so I thought, man. That is incredible. That is yeah, incredible. and, and you're, you're making a good point about, like, even from spiritual for, uh, formation, about the context in which it's supposed to happen is it has to happen in the community of, of God's people. And, uh-huh. and as, as you were saying that, I just was just reminded of why the Christian faith is a singing faith. And I don't think a lot of Christians know why we sing. Like, very few other religions come together and, and sing to God. Uh, it's because as the body of Christ, one body with many members, when we sing, it's, it's us actually singing with one voice. It is mm-hmm. the, body's, mm-hmm. the body's voice. Yes. And that is incredibly important as you think about your own spiritual health and growth is when you come on Sunday, I'm still Marshall, but for that time of worship, I'm kind of not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm the, a member of the body of Christ, and we are singing with one voice to God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, how how does an unhealthy church environment have anything to do with this stagnation? Do you think it has anything to do with it? I think it does a lot. Yeah. Um, being conformed to the image of Jesus and even using that paradigm of abiding in Christ and bearing much fruit. Let's think about programs, events that a church would offer for the sake of their people's discipleship. You have to have both in which you're helping your people mature as Christians. So things that aren't necessarily, here's what you go do, but we want to help you be, but also we need to equip you for the work of ministry Uh so that the gospel of the kingdom of God can continue to move forward. Jesus was a missional person. Uh 
Uh-huh. Now, the ditches that a church will have is when they emphasize entirely one or the other. You have the churches who have all their programs that are so insular, and they try and just help cultivate a deeper growing faith amongst a bunch of individuals that people can more or less treat the church as Netflix. I'm an individual subscriber. I come for Mm -hmm. this program. I have no responsibility to the person to my right or left. And then Mm. I leave. Mm. That is going to be lacking. Yes. On the other side, you have the churches that just want to storm the hill. And only missional focus doesn't matter if we're healthy. Let's just go do, 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 do. And what you have Mm. over time is a bunch of Christians who are a shell of a human. And they have yeah. no joy in the Lord. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and, and it even warps their identity to, to like remind them that you're, you're not a son or daughter of God. You are a, an employee. You are a worker. Uh-huh. Or and you're a consumer. So, yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. So, so you, have yeah. to, you have to do both in the church. Programs, events, classes, um, communities that help in individual spaces and community spaces nurture your faith and your love for God and also equip you for the ministry that God has called you to at this point in your Christian journey, Uh whether uh you are working for the church like me or you work downtown or you're a stay at home mom or you're a college student, wherever your vocation is right now, the church is supposed to equip you so that you live out your growth in the image of Christ in those contexts. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason I ask that question is because, sadly, Marshall, I have seen some, uh, I've been a Christian for like over 30 years, uh, and I have seen some really unhealthy things going on in churches. Um, the churches that I grew up in, um, you know, they they were very rules-based, right? You do this, you do that. You don't do this, you don't do that. Uh, with no um, with no focus on being formed into the image of Jesus. Like if you show up on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night in some cases, you show up at a revival, then you're pretty much good to go. You punch your ticket and that's it. That's it. Yeah. So I think that's very sad. I don't think the church was ever meant to be like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, Marsha, you have answered all my questions and, and even some that I didn't ask. So <laughs> that's great. Love it. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, I do want to thank you for um, for being on the program uh, today. And um, I would like you to to pray for the church as a whole as we yeah. engage in this spiritual formation process as we close. Yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for the opportunity to talk with my brother Victor. I thank you for technology and that we get to even hop on a call and have this discussion and that men and women will listen to it. God, I pray uh, that you would bless this conversation, that you would speak to the hearts of anyone who does listen that you would move them further along in their journey of being conformed into your image. And specifically, I pray for your church, Jesus, not just the Austin Stone, although Victor and I are a part of it, 
but all local churches that are around any person that would be listening to this, that Holy Spirit, you would summon them into the body of Christ and that they would feel a desire and responsibility to be a member of a church that is working properly, that they view a responsibility to their own health in pursuit of being a healthy, abiding, fruitful Christian, and that you would bless them to bring health and maturity to the entire local body. God, thank you for today. We ask for your daily bread and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven in our lives. It's your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, brother, for being on the show today. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. Um, And guys, if you are really enjoying this podcast, I do encourage you to uh, share it with someone else um, who you think might be encouraged by it. And as I say, uh, as I say a lot of times, uh, just remember to like, follow and share this episode with anyone uh, you think might benefit from it. Love you, brother. Thanks for coming on the show. Love you too, bro. See you Sunday. Bye bye.